Blog Talk Radio. friends in the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones here with you. True forgiveness teachings and a special episode that I am releasing because I love my guest today, which I will tell you about in just a moment. But I wanted to let you all know that I did put out a podcast this past Tuesday on my regular lot. Uh, for those of you that listen regularly, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, um, I think it's it's a good reminder. It's just 15 minutes and um, we are in the middle of a U.S. election here <laughs> in the U.S. And um, so I titled it, Who Do You Elect, the Ego or the Holy Spirit? And it's kind of bringing us back into the mind and what everything is for, even though it's important that we do the normal things in the world and register our opinions, vote if we feel inspired to do everything that we would normally do here. So it was just a perspective that I felt inspired to offer on that. And so you guys can listen to that. Um, Without further ado, my wonderful sister, Cindy Laura Renard, is joining me again on True Forgiveness Teachings, and she has written a wonderful new book called The Business of Forgiveness, Healing Yourself Through the Practice of a Course in Miracles. And let me tell you, my friends, it's powerful. Get ready to be jolted into what non-duality, pure non-duality really is. And she shares powerful examples of her own practice, gives exercises to help everyone else practice. She talks about staying in her calm center amidst challenges. There are many beneficial healing stories surrounding depression, suicide, how to heal through those things, and just a lot of gems, which she's going to share with us today. So welcome, Cindy. Great to have you back, my sis. Yay. Hi. It's great to be back. Uh, We were talking about how much fun we have as sisters talking about the course. And now that I did write this book, what perfect timing to come back together and chat again. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I just love it. And, you know, you were saying to me, you know, many months before you, the book was written that you really felt a certain inspiration with this book in covering the things that you did. Why don't you tell the folks a little bit about that? I did. I felt really drawn to touch on some, you know, topics that I felt have been so prevalent for so long, you know, that people, many people are going through, including suicide and depression, which are so prevalent. Um, And to some degree, we all do feel um, depression to some degree from time to time. So I think most people can relate to that, what that might feel like. But I just felt it was important to shed light on some of the, not only those things, but some of the topics and what we're currently experiencing in the world right now, um, including COVID-19 and, um, you know, the election. I don't really talk about the election in the book, but, you know, that's 
I see it as the same as anything else. You know, we can always apply forgiveness to anything that disturbs our peace. But, yes, I wrote the book because I was uh, truly inspired to shed light on some of these issues and also with the understanding that there is so much silent suffering going Mm -hmm. on. And people, yes, they're – with all the silent suffering, I wanted to shed light on on how one can, again, look at whatever they're experiencing differently. And as people know from A Course in Miracles, that means it requires us to shift teachers of who we're listening to as we're going through anything we would say is a challenge. And so I go into detail, um, more detail about, you know, how to do that. Not only what are the steps of forgiveness again, but how to apply it to very specific things, you know, and what's, what does it mean to have a general attitude of forgiveness? Not just doing the steps, but really living it in your everyday life. What does that look like? How do you retain peace in a world where it does seem like it's impossible sometimes? What is the true, what is the problem? What is the answer to that problem? You know, so all of this I cover in more detail as well as being vigilant only for God, you know, um, what that means as well. Absolutely. So, That's, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's wonderful. I wanted to make a comment before we get into this even further about something you said about silent suffering um, and depression, which I've experienced both of. Um, and, you know, there's depression on our, our mom's side of the family, right? And so yeah. there's different degrees of that, but I can speak for myself and say that I have had bouts of that. And with regards to silent suffering, I have a funny thing, Mark, (laughs) at the beginning of our relationship, (laughs) my husband, Mark, uh, for listeners, my husband, Mark, um, who a lot of you know, but he used to, I would, (laughs) he couldn't believe it when I would, something like would be wrong or something. He would come to me, this is years ago, he would say, Jackie, remember, no silent suffering. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no silence ever. I'd be like, oh my God, that's right. He's calling me out. I'm silent. And sometimes we don't even realize it. Sometimes we do. We internalize it. The ego needs to be unfairly treated. And so we silent suffer and everything, you know, but mm-hmm. just to bring the, a little light to it, there's no shame in it, guys. I mean, when we have depression, suicidal thoughts, or, you know, this silent suffering or feeling like we have to handle it all. Wow, nothing could be further from the truth, right, Sin? Right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. and you know the the ultimate, ultimate. I mean, let's look at the ultimate suicide attempt is really, you know, killing ourselves off from God. You know, the Christ is apart from God. That's the ultimate suicide attempt. That then gets deeply rooted in guilt. That idea that we truly separated and gets projected out. So it takes the form of us feeling like it's our bodies we want to kill. But mm-hmm. it's coming from this deep-rooted belief that we've already killed God. You know, that's really deep. You know, when one really starts to look at that, that's what needs to be healed, that idea that we really are are guilty over the separation. I don't think we can hear that enough. That's the core message of the Course, you know, that the world we made, inclu- which includes all the emotions we have that we would call negative, is they're, they're shadows. Those feelings we have that aren't really real, those ego feelings, um, doesn't mean we don't deal with them, but 
those are projections, shadows of the one projected thought of this idea that we're sinful. And then now we feel so terrible, we have to somehow punish ourselves. And one form the punishment takes is I'm get, I, got, I have to kill myself. There's no hope. Mm-hmm. And we forget that we made this. We, we made our, right, we made the, the script of time and space. And when we remember that we made it, it's actually good news, even if it's not a happy dream, because, number one, you can, and, and it's necessary, to forgive it so you can experience a happy dream. But recognizing that the whole thing is wholly unreal, including this I, individual, me, us, world, all of that falls into the same category of being wholly unreal. And then once we understand that, we can really take the reins and take our power back and remember that I'm mind, I'm not body, and I can work with shifting my perceptions now about the script, the ego script. Um, in practice, it, it's not always easy, but with practice, this is how we get to the experience of the happy dream by allowing ourselves to look at our those terrible thoughts we're having with the Holy Spirit but without the judgment, really being able to not deny like if i'm let me give you an example if i'm feeling really down or if i feel a sadness come on which can happen i've talked about well this can happen randomly to me too once in a while i'll just get this feeling like oh my gosh the sadness what is this right all of a sudden and it doesn't seem to be a reason for it it just comes and i know in my mind the sadness where it really is coming from i know it's coming from that somehow it's um I'm, it's it's the separation, this idea that mm-hmm. that I'm I'm believing I'm separate. But what I do in those moments is I allow myself to look at the sadness and not deny it or repress it. Just look, but invite the Holy Spirit to say, "Hey, look at this with me," and I just allow it to be there without pretending it's not there. I just bring it honestly to the Holy Spirit. Uh, which means I'm not judging the sadness. I'm allowing myself to feel it and saying, you know what, this is okay. I'm just experiencing a dream of sadness in this very moment, and I can look and be the observer of the sadness and watch the judgment on myself about it. That's what makes it real, the dream real, if if I judge myself for feeling sad. There's nothing wrong in and of itself. It's just about acknowledging when we feel those feelings, bring it to the Holy Spirit's correction, which is that there's another way I can look at this by remembering I'm the dreamer of this and I'm, this is not my reality, and don't judge it. And watch it just slowly start to slip away, which in time it will. You know? Yes, so. excellent, excellent points. Well said. And, you know, I'd like to remind all you guys, uh, listening out there, you know, the the course teaches that we, we look at everything, look at everything with the Holy Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Well, looking with the Holy Spirit means looking without judgment. The Holy Spirit can't look with judgment. So Cindy's point about the more and more you practice the forgiveness as she's lined out uh, so well in this book, which, which we'll get into, it does become what Cindy said at the beginning of this, a general, you, you have a general 
attitude of forgiveness as you're walking through your life. You're, you're not always constantly choosing it. You are a lot of the time. We have difficult circumstances. We got to go through the steps. We got to say these things in our mind. But it also becomes more and more as we climb up the ladder to enlightenment and attitude. And so don't pretend it's not there. Another excellent point that Cindy was just touching on, looking means you're looking without judgment. And when you're in that Holy Spirit mind, you can step back and say, oh, my gosh. And that's when you can start to remember, okay, I do have another way to look at that. It softens for a minute. It softens. Even if you can't go all the way with the metaphysics right away, just being in that mind, you will get a reflection of a feeling or an idea that rings true for you that's taking you slowly out of the, the, the deep depression or slowly out of the hole, even if it's just, you know, for a moment. And it really becomes a, a general attitude and you can retain peace more and more as time goes on. And, you know, this might be a good time, uh, sin to go through to the steps of forgiveness. People never get tired of hearing that. And then, you know, maybe go into an example yeah. of how you practiced it. So it's always so helpful for people. Can you just say the steps again, you know? <laughs> so why don't we, why don't we oh, go over that? I'm my pleasure because we get, Gary and I get so many questions still about forgiveness. I think yes. that's, that's saying to us that all of us are, we need that to be repeated. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. that can be repeated enough, the, the, the steps of forgiveness and how that becomes a, an attitude in your everyday life. The whole course mm-hmm. is about that. That's the means of the atonement, and the course is forgiveness. Um, the key message in the course is, you know, that's how we experience our happy dream is through, you know, daily moments of forgiving yes. when it's required. So, yeah, so... Well, let's go through step one. We have to, in step one, we have to catch ourselves when, first of all, when we're in the ego mind, which will know, you will know that by your mood, how you feel. That's a key indicator to tell you if something needs to be forgiven because your peace will be disturbed in some way. <laughs> you know, right. Even if it feels <laughs> so mild, true. it's still, it's not peace. So that will tell you that there's something there, right, to work with, that you need, that, that, that's, that forgiveness is required. Step one, so you're acknowledging that you're upset. Identify the cause as part of step one. That, so in other words, identify the cause means that you're reminding yourself that the cause of your upset is not outside of you, not in someone else, not in the world in general. There's no cause outside because there is no outside. The outside is a projection of the mind. And you can think of it as your mind, the decision-making mind, which you're part of, is projecting. So the cause of the upset is that I must have made a mistaken choice in how I'm interpreting the world I see. I'm looking at it with the ego. That's the cause of my upset. That's step one. Um, So in other words, part of that would also be, because it helps people maybe to have more to this, more thoughts, would be I'm never upset for the reason I think, to remind yourself of that. Mm-hmm. Once you can accept step one, um, accept it, meaning you really are understanding, well, there's, I'm the cause of this upset. How I'm thinking about it is the cause, in other words. So once you can accept that, you can go to step two, which is then 
you let go, right, identify, identify the cause, then let it go, which means you're letting it go, letting go of your interpretation of the problem, how you set it up, so it can go into the Holy Spirit's hands. So you're accepting that the cause is inside your mind. You made it up. You're letting it go, your interpretation of what you made the problem to be. And then you can recognize in step three, the Holy Spirit will take care of the unconscious part in the mind we can't see. You did the first two steps. Identify the cause, let it go, so it can be replaced. The replacement is the third step, which you don't have to do anything about. The Holy Spirit takes your right your first steps you did, your forgiveness, your your taking responsibility for where the cause is, and then let the Holy Spirit handle the rest, um, which it will. It'll, it will take your forgiveness, that intention, that powerful choice you made uh, to take responsibility for your part, and then it will do His. And this is the part we have to let go and let and trust. The Holy Spirit will do His part, and so part of this, an attitude of this these forgiveness steps is recognizing that remember i'm i'm dreaming a dream this is my dream i made this so if it's my dream i can forgive my projected images and myself for dreaming them that's part of this general attitude as well of forgiveness that you didn't make other people's behavior in other words you're not responsible for how other people behave you're only responsible for how you're watching, you're, who you're watching your, the script with, the Holy Spirit or the ego, you get to choose that, that teacher. So if someone says something unkind to you or unloving to you, the first step, if we use that as an example, is how are you going to react in that moment? Uh, if you react as if they really hurt you, um, there must have been some belief you already had in your mind that believed that you deserve to be hurt or that you can't right. be hurt or else you wouldn't react. So this is an important right. part, though, of this general attitude now I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand the pain is already in the mind. People act as triggers to bring it out, but we don't have to accept those projections that appear to be on ourselves as well, other people projecting onto, we can just yes. remember they're calling out for love and instead of reacting with upset, with forgiveness, we would recognize they're calling for love. And so that calls for them for compassion, not attack back, you know, unless right. we really take it as an attack. Um, yes. This, I mean, we could just go on and on about this, but I mean, there's a lot to it as far as how you can work with this. You know, yes, beautifully yeah. said. Yeah. It's it's a lot to un, unpack, and these yeah. are excellent points. Which, as a reminder, you guys, Cindy was talking about triggers. See, and she's saying we have to remember to forgive our projected images. Now, you as a body in the world that you think you are, don't blame yourself. This these are projections coming from the one mind. Okay, so your triggers, we start with forgiveness, quote, in the world where we think we are. So what Cindy was saying so beautifully about if someone says something to you and you're triggered, that is where we start with forgiveness in the world. That's the red flag where we believe we are. And then we can walk it back 
and remember, like Cindy said, I'm never upset for the reason I think, right? We know that we're the cause, but you don't have to let the ego slide in there. That the body that you're identifying with is the cause, right? It's the mind. Yeah. It's the decision-making mind that has chosen the ego. And to Cindy's second excellent point, which was there has to be something within you you have, would have had to have chosen the ego first to be hurt. You have to be in that thought system. Or else, as she said, you will be perceiving it as a call for love and the Holy spirit mind, you can't be attacked. The mind reinterprets the trigger. Does everyone get that? So um, it's really important in these steps to, to start where you believe you are, because that's, that's your trigger. That's your red flag. Okay. That shows you where your mind is. Right. And sin, something that you say in the book that goes along with, or you've done your forgiveness, your forgiveness, you say, remember, try not to try to let go of any outcomes you think mm-hmm. need to happen as evidence that you extended your love to someone, which we could substitute. Yeah. You've extended your forgiveness to someone. And then we look for a result in the world, don't we? We look for like yeah, sometimes you we keep looking and fishing important. around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Who doesn't do this? I mean, at some there. point, yes, we, are, we keep course. Yes, we keep fishing around for the results of our forgiveness. That's right. a setup too. That's a setup. Right. That's, that's not, you know, and and that's another ego trick to say, well, something then has to change that I can viscerally see i mean see with the body's eyes something has to change in order for me to know my forgiveness is working well and not in the world nothing change has to change but right. in your mind you'll you can experience peace your mind is what's changing you know you're you're undoing the ego the more you do the steps of forgiveness but yes we have to let go once we actually do the steps um the hardest part I think that truly the hardest part is not even the forgiving itself. It's the letting go of the results, oh, not being sure attached. Is. Yeah, to, right. like this person has to now somehow change according mm-hmm. to my needs, according to what I think, right? That they, mm-hmm. And when we do that, we're trapping ourselves once again and trapping ourselves in the vicious mm-hmm. cycle. So we have mm-hmm. to let go you know, of the outcome of any outcome and trust that our mind is being healed. We can't see that part sometimes, so we're, but we have to trust. But you'll know by eventually you do start to see signs that it's, you know, that that you're, because you're becoming more peaceful. And, again, things that used to bother you, maybe they're just not bothering you anymore, or you just don't have the same investment in things having to be a certain way. That's a big difference when you start to feel that. That really is. That really is. Um, excellent points. I wanted to insert um, a little joke here that you include in your book Yay. because it's so okay. good. And you guys, <laughs> she uses a lot of humor. She <laughs> inserts <laughs> jokes because this is this is heady material. Let's be honest, right? Yeah, it, it is. It's good to have. So <laughs> I'll. I'll. You're right. I'll quote from um, from Sin here from the book. Um, she says, 
during this seemingly uncertain time of the coronavirus and our changing <laughs> world, a friend of mine sent me, and we have a, this mutual friend, <laughs> um, sent me a joke to lighten things up a bit. It was an image of three extraterrestrials, and one of them said to the other two, who were sitting on a couch drinking wine, quote, hey, ladies, what you up to? To which they replied, watching season 2020 of Earth, shit is getting wild. (laughs) That was just such a great joke. It really brings you out of your experience, even ETs, which are still in the illusion, of course, but to think of them watching the craziness on earth going on, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> watching this, this season, this show, which is like a show. It is. It's and, a uh, show. We're watching a yeah, movie. That's right. Yep. It's so good to have humor. And I, I do talk about that in the book, the importance of laughter and right. it it can get heavy, yes, all this stuff. So it's it's good to remember to laugh too, of course. And you know, there's there's some other jokes I tell in the book that I've heard from people that I thought were really hilarious. Just you know, so but it's 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 very important to remember to laugh, you know, and remember kind of catch ourselves too when we are taking things a little bit too seriously. We can laugh at that, you know, and. Um, right. That makes the the world light lighter in your experience when you remember to let like it's not so heavy and hard. It makes it feel more dreamlike, you know. And you know yeah. we, we can yeah remember to laugh as the course says. You know we we took this this uh, tiny med idea so seriously, of course, and and we know the results of that taking that seriously. What can happen? Um, yeah, the whole so world you see. Yeah. The whole world, <laughs> boom. The effect coming the from whole that world thing. you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's fun yeah. to laugh, and you know, it's important to to whatever you can do to remind yourself to laugh. It might even just be watching funny movies, just to, you know, just to help yourself. Like just help. Take the like edge off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take the edge exactly. off. You know, whatever that exactly. means for you. You know, and we exactly. laugh all the time. We always joke with each other and. Totally. I know. Yeah. It's this craziness of everything. I won't say this on the air. I'll have people buy your book. You know, they can read it. But you you tell a story about we used to laugh in church when Sin and I were really little, <laughs> you know, because we used to just, yes. oh, my God, what do you do when you're young in church sometimes? I mean, you just giggle. Something makes you giggle so yeah. hard, you know. Yes. And so we had a lot of instances where during during the sermon, there's something about having to be quiet that makes you right. let not want to be quiet. Like you're like, Oh my God, I have to be quiet. And then it's like hard to be quiet <laughs> or something like that when you're like really young. So it was funny. So sin has a funny story about that too, you know? Um, and a lot of great stories, which is too long to, to go into on this reading, the wonderful accounts sin um, talked to people, interviewed people about their suicide and stuff like that. And there's beautiful healing accounts in this book um, um, about that, which I know you really wanted to include and did research about. Yeah. I wanted to bring that, that conversation of suicide to the light because it's been hidden for too long. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of shame around it. It's not shameful. It doesn't have to be. In fact, you can teach your kids too, if you're a parent, 
to really, and this is what I talk about too, really allow them to, that it's okay to express themselves, even if it feels like something dark or terrible or allow them, you know, allow them to share whatever it is without judging, you know, because it provides a safe space for kids too to be able to talk about things and they learn then later not to be quiet if something's bothering them that's right you know it's never too late to start if you feel your parent and you oh I didn't do this when they you know what that this is not about feeling guilty nobody is in my mind nobody is a perfect anything where you know it's a perfect parent no one is, has a perfect relationship right no one it's not about feeling guilty it's just about coming into the awareness now you can start now with anybody you're in relationship with yeah and just encourage the sharing of what people what their their feelings that's in that sense feelings are important because we don't want to repress them you want to bring them to the light so that way you can talk through them and and work with right work with the understanding that they're there for a reason and then mm-hmm. you can always work with the mind, the shift in perception. But we can't look at that without bringing them to the surface. Right. So it's really Absolutely. important to do that. Yeah, it's really important to do that. And Absolutely. yes, the Course says, you know, ultimately, all emotions are wholly unreal, except for love itself. But anything coming from fear is not even our real thoughts or emotions, but it doesn't mean, doesn't, the Course is not saying we should deny them. Just bring them to the light so that we can look at them honestly from above the battleground and forgive those emotions that we feel are rooting us further in the dream. Absolutely. Excellent points, which reminds me of something else you're saying, too, in your chapter, using your everyday life as a classroom, which is great. Well, the Course teaches that the Holy Spirit's purpose for everything we made here is a classroom to help us awaken um, to God, the home we never left. The ego's purpose is totally different. Everything is real. I'm at the mercy of everything. I'm a victim, right? I'm a body, for one. The ego's con- convincing us that, that we're the body is our true identity. So while we are experiencing that we're a body in the world, and nobody's denying that, least of all Jesus in the Course, he says it's impossible to deny that, we can deny the ego's interpretation of the body as we start to wake up in favor of the Holy Spirit's interpretation. And people have such trouble with relationships and everything. And I, I think this is such a good thing. I first got your books in on the um, iPad on Kindle before the hard copy, you know, I got the hard copy. I was able to highlight it um, with my like highlighter on the iPad. And one of the things that, um, I liked in your chapter using your everyday life as a classroom is we have relationships here, people. We have to (laughs) learn how to, to talk with people. It starts in the dream where we believe we are in our, the course is not about behavior. So in the mind, we can be thinking about people with a right minded perspective, but how does that translate into how do we live here? So, Sin says in that chapter, practice listening to people 
without judging them. Take a pause before, during, and after conversation. Give yourself a moment to understand what the person is trying to communicate to you. When you allow this to happen, your response will be natural and without hostility. I think this is so important because listening is key because we're often not listening. The ego's ready to respond quickly with what it has built up in its mind. And even though the person's words may be harsh, try to listen to what's behind the words. Yeah. Right. So talk a little bit about that because I think that's an excellent point and it, it will help people with relationships and communicating here, you know? Yes. Oftentimes, see, the ego, now this, everybody, can be helpful in any relationship you're having in this moment that you feel is challenging. Or listening can run really, listening is, and it's really an understatement. There's so much benefit to truly understanding how you can listen to someone because you then won't take what they're saying so personally. So when the ego will always only hear, it stops at form, it stops at the body, it will stop at only the words you're hearing. But part of really learning to listen is listening for the meaning behind the words. Mm-hmm. So because oftentimes people will say something verbally, and you might, if you're in the ego, you'll take it as an attack instantly, if you're in the ego. But if you know how to listen properly, you'll get the meaning of their call for love behind the words mm-hmm. or the meaning they're really trying to convey. If they say something like, oh, I'm, you know, they say it maybe in this tone, I'm so, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, things are going okay. Does that really sound like they're happy? So they will say you want to look for for not only the meaning behind what they're saying, but the tone of their voice can tell you a lot about whether they're really being honest either. And it will help you to really hear their call if they're calling for love. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to listen on, you know, you want to listen to the content being shared, as I say in my book. You want to listen for the meaning behind the content. You know, you want to listen to the tone of voice. And this is not hard to do. If you really, it's like an art, you know, you want to mm-hmm. be engaged with the person, you know. And the ego will want you to see only attack. So just watch that. This will help in all relationships. Watch, really, truly try to observe and stay tuned in when the person's speaking to you. And go to the meaning, not the words they're saying, but the meaning. And it will convey to you an entirely different message sometimes. That's right. So as an, instead of an attack, if someone's ver- you're just hearing their call for love, you know. And I've heard people often say to me that they feel things are great and everything's okay, but their tone has a very melancholy feel to it. It's very, it's kind of sad, which mm-hmm. tells me that there's, there's not, they're not really being authentic. So mm-hmm. what does that require? Well, just compassion then, you know, and under a deeper understanding so you can really communicate, you know, with that person and not take what they're saying so personally if you feel it's an right. attack. So anyway, right. I do go into this in more detail in the book, but mm-hmm. that's the gist of it. But there's a lot to this, you know, and you can, yes. it can help you in all your relationships. 
know. Well said. It definitely can. And I'm wondering if you can, um, you know, share with the listeners. I know you also talk in the book about how you start your day. And I I call it kind of how I'm framing my day, you know, starting Mm -hmm. and ending with the Holy Spirit in mind. And of course, it goes throughout the day. But I feel like when I start the day with the Holy Spirit in charge, then everything that comes up is used for his purpose (laughs) instead of the egos. So you guys, that's what can happen. If you get in that mindset at the beginning of the day, we're not perfect here. Behavior's never perfect. It can't be perfect, but our forgiveness, we can strive for forgiveness Mm -hmm. to be perfect. And it's easier to forgive when you're in that, miracle state of readiness so that when something pops up during the day and let's be honest it always pops up something comes up you're already in that mindset so I'm wondering Sin if you can give people examples from your own life of kind of how you start your day and then go through the day you know and then finish it yeah this is this is you know what that one key to line I go to in the course just for starters is always you know, there's there's absolutely nothing outside me. This is what I must ultimately learn. Nothing is outside me. And that's what Jesus Beautiful. says in the Course. You right. know, so I carry that thought with me throughout the day. But I do start my day, um, yes, just like you, I put the Holy Spirit in charge, which is not a small thing. It might seem like it's <laughs> right. not a big deal and just doesn't do anything. It really does, more than, than people realize, because you're telling your mind, you're t- you, that you're you're not in charge. That there's there's a companion, your guide, a true guide that is always with you. That if you turn to him, and he's always there, our our friend, the Holy Spirit, um, it will always. You can always count on the Holy Spirit to guide you through anything because the Holy Spirit only knows you in truth as you really are. So you, that's why you can trust the Holy Spirit. So I start my day with that mindset, you know, that kind of thinking that the Holy Spirit knows what's best. I put my whole day in, you know, into the hands of the Holy Spirit. I let it go. I well, I also remember um that it's that I'm not in the position to judge anything that I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to be the judge throughout the day for me, no matter mm. what comes up. Yeah. Beautiful. And I yeah, I let it go. And then I'm already in the, and I already set the tone for the day. I've already set the tone. Um, sometimes I join with God in the beginning of the day in true prayer for just a few minutes. It doesn't have to take very long. I just just have the understanding that I'm fully um, taken care of and abundant in the love of God, and I trust that as I go about my day. If something comes up that's unexpected and it kind of jolts me a little bit, um, I'm already since I've already set the tone for the day it's a little bit easier than to work with it that's why the beginning part is so important about clarifying your goal at the beginning of the day so Mm -hmm. if something does come up though i do the actual uh i say right-minded thoughts to myself for example i'll say things like i remember that i'm this is my dream i'm having a dream of pain or a dream of sadness or whatever is happening in the moment it's my dream you know, Holy Spirit, you're, please be in charge, you know, um, and help me not to judge the situation with the ego. You know, there, you know, help me to choose your perspective. 
to see this through your eyes, true vision instead of my own, you know. So I nice. and those yeah, and I just kind of remind myself that this isn't real, that there's nothing outside of me. I just reinforce those ideas. I don't have to go into this long thing. It's not really necessary when you're just using some core ideas, just whatever helps you remember the truth. Um, and usually at this point, I, if I think forgiveness is required, I'll do the steps. More and more lately, my forgiveness is automatic because I just remember that there's truly nothing to forgive unless I've made what's happening real. Right. If I don't make it real, there's nothing to forgive. Right. So just that can remind me, just remembering I don't have to make this real, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't mean I won't look at if something is sitting with me a little bit longer. Maybe it's a feeling of, of sadness or something about something. I will allow myself to sit there. I don't push away. I just feel it and look, and I'll actually say to myself, this is interesting. I'm just experiencing, you know, this dream that I'm feeling sad right now. But, you know, there's no judgment. I'm not judging myself for it. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, this is interesting. Holy Spirit, you know, I've turned this over to you. You know, help me to see this differently. I know it's my dream. Help me to, yeah. And and I just go from there and I allow myself to be in that space. And then eventually what happens? Peace returns because I didn't make it real. But I allowed myself to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I took responsibility for how I feel, so I could keep my power. So I'm not giving it away to the outside, being the cause. If I do that, what have I done? I've not only lost my power, but I've made the separation real all over again. And and right. that's not what I want, right? I want the peace of God. Mm-hmm. So if I want the peace of God, I do whatever it takes to remember the truth mm-hmm. and take full responsibility. Sounds Very. like a lot, but it's actually not when you're, you know, the way I'm describing it might sound like, gosh, there's so many. It's just it's different for everyone. Whatever helps you, right, each person, just remember the truth. That's that's good enough, you know, so. Yep, excellent point because, as you mentioned earlier, and as the Course points out so well, boy, the Holy Spirit will do this heavy lifting too for us at the end after we've done our first two steps so that's part of the beauty of this process is then we let the ego thought system be replaced by the holy spirit's thought system and so the holy spirit takes over your mind and then you're just completely different like you guys sin and i always like we'll call each other we'll be like you know and I think we both wrote about this in our books or have talked about it or something, but we'll just, we know we're feeling the dream. Like I'm feeling it right now. I just, I, I, <laughs> I, I had this thoughts in where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like, I'm doing this podcast with my sister Cindy in the dream. And I looked around my place and I said, oh, there's my angel over there. And sins going through all these good things in her book. You know, I just had this awareness and I was like, God, I'm like totally dreaming that we're doing this. And she and I will call yeah. each other up and we, we know what we mean. It's, it's an inner experience. Yeah. And since right, everyone has their own experience. Please have your process. In fact, I know this is a course of miracles podcast, but allow everyone else to have their spiritual practice. Let them do right. There's many paths to God. Let them 
they are doing what they're doing and you're doing what you're doing. And the beauty of the course is that when you're really in the Holy Spirit mind, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. You you naturally right. just allow people to be themselves because there are no people, not, not in an insensitive way, but there's nothing to push up against. There's no comparison. There's really nothing out there. There's yeah. nobody worse yeah. than you. There's nobody better than you. There's no, it's, everything's in your mind. It's an important point to remember. Yeah. It's all in your mind. So while I love my, my sister and we share this path in the dream, we're very, very close. She and I know who we are at the end of the day. I mean, we know that, that we're dreaming here. There's nothing wrong with loving each other and going through this experience as we get to do during the dream, in this dream, I would have it no other way. But at the end of the day, everyone knows who they really are. You know, if you've been practicing the course for a while, and it makes it even more lovely because you can allow people to just be themselves, right? Yes. Yeah. And you know what? You just reminded me of something, a quick point here. When Jesus says in the course, you're, the images you see can be transformed and be so lovely, he says, He's not saying the the images themselves are real or lovely. He's right. saying when your mind, when you're shifting to the Holy Spirit's perception, you're because you're only seeing you're seeing people with true vision, which is lovely. So he's not. That's yeah. what's lovely is that your perspective is shifting. So yes. it's important because our experiences point. here is we are seeing images. And we're always going to see images as long as we appear to be in a body. But the loveliness comes when those images are transformed so that you're seeing with true vision. Yeah. Then that's that, a very so the images point. are just symbols. Yeah. They're just yeah. symbols. And you may not, it doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to look at an abusive situation and not your eyes will see the abuse. You'll see yeah. the physical image, but your mind reinterprets it for what it really is. Images coming from you that you can either use for guilt and reinforce the separation, or you can either heal, look at it right-minded, accept the atonement that the sin and separation has never occurred. And that would be the Holy Spirit's purpose. So an excellent point. And sin, I mean, there are so many um, gems in this book, which obviously you can't go over in 45 minutes, but I hope yeah. we've given you guys just a modicum of taste of everything that's in this book. Is there anything, Sin, that you, any uh, point that comes to you that you wanted to finish on? Any announcements uh, you'd like to make about the work you're doing? Uh, well, people, if if you, anyone who, who doesn't know, um, Gary and I do online classes on A Course in Miracles. We do two classes every month. Every month we have two classes on. We, we pick a theme in the course, a section, and we talk about it. There's a part one and part two each month. And if you're interested in, in subscribing, you can go to my website or Gary's website um, and look at our appearances page. And you can kind of inquire more about that on, and look into that if you want to. We do have a workshop online coming up this weekend. It's two full days, 10 to 5. Yes. Um, online. Yeah. So you can still register for that by going to either of our websites, cindylaura.com or garyrenard.com. And you can register. Uh, look at the appearances page for that if you want. 
Um, if you want are interested in my book and you haven't picked up a copy, that you can find that on Amazon, um, Amazon.com. And it's available in many countries on Amazon, not just America. So you can look and see if it's available on Amazon in your country. Um, other than that, I just would encourage people, no matter how hard the world seems to get, you can, we're being encouraged by the Holy Spirit that just as we've been vigilant for the ego, we can be vigilant for the Holy Spirit and be vigilant only for God. And that's what saves us is this idea that we're minds, not bodies. We don't have to be the victims of the world we see. We can change our perceptions about it. Anytime we choose, it's always there. Yay! Beautiful, beautiful reminders. And I did put Cindy's website in the description of this. You guys can click on, find out all the information about their classes, about her wonderful music and CDs. I did link to her book in the description as well. It goes right to Amazon if you click on it. So, um, oh my gosh, I just want to say that remember you guys that you are love, capital L love, and you are so loved. And um, all my information is at below too. You can find everything at Jackie.news, counseling sessions, and classes. So until next time, thank you.